Next on BYUSN, it's officially scrimmage season for BYU football in August as they get ready for game number one. What are our rash assumptions at the midway point of training camp? And defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga on how BYU is making adjustments to create a more disruptive defense. Plus, it's opening week for women's soccer. What have we learned so far through their two exhibition games? Dallin Hall, Fusini Traore tell us how BYU basketball is preparing for life in the Big 12. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Dave McCann. I am merely Spencer Linton. And Dave, you are the August calendar coordinator, are you not, for yes, BYU Sports Nation? Yes, and I got up this morning and I turned the page and went out into a, the third week out, right? Two weeks from this Saturday, we have football in the stadium. It's going to be packed. I believe something might fly over. Not sure. <laughs> something should fly over. That's Fireworks the, will be in the air, and the, the season will be in. The flyover coordinator is more of your actual position, right? Yeah, off the record. I'm the off-the-record flyover <laughs> coordinator. We'll see, because it's a late start, but I know they're working on it to see if they they can get some things flying over that. But uh, but we are we are now within the 21-day window. Unbelievable. Right? We're at 19. What a special night that's going to be. In fact, let's go ahead and make it official. Hit it. Countdown to the Bearcats. 19 days, 19 days away, Dave. Yeah, you said under 20. Singing is so much better. That's but, okay. Hey, yeah, and and there was a weekend of football, you know, with the NFL preseason, everybody in. It feels good. And, and I, I don't know if you felt it. At some point over the weekend, maybe it was long after the sun had gone down, it felt like it was going to be fall here yes. pretty quick. Yeah. You can feel it in the air where there's just a little cooler than it has been. And it's a great time. There are a few days of 90s still ahead in the forecast along the Wasatch Front. But after that, to your point, leaves start to change color just a little bit. Temperatures dip into the mid-80s for a high, and it's just fall. Like yeah. For me, it is the greatest time of the year. It is my favorite season, and I'm sure it has something to do, maybe a little bit, with BYU football. You know, the, the spring gets the thing of the rebirth time and all that, but I, I do agree. I think the fall is when things come alive. And the leaves die, but things come alive. Um, <laughs> certainly around Cougar Nation. And the nine-month countdown oh, yeah. that we are so good at doing yes. is in the, we're almost to down the stretch they come. I can almost hear Davey Johnson saying, we're heading to the, <laughs> we're heading to the line. And um, it's an exciting time to be alive. 19 days. And we're excited to get to what's trending. His new new mindset going into the season. You know, we definitely ramped it up this this uh, this fall camp in this first couple weeks. Oh, how great are those images to see BYU football back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium? What's trending? Presented by Feast Box, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that helps feed hungry families. Scrimmage time in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Dave. And as I mentioned, it's just fun to see BYU football players going full speed of sorts on the turf of Lavelle Edwards Stadium because you only get six Saturdays every year and then a few scrimmages and a spring game in there. It just doesn't happen very often for a building of that capacity. And I, I was on the uh, call with the guys afterwards. It is a Zoom call because the scrimmage was closed. They sent us some video we're going to show you here in a sec that, that, that we can show you. But um, they're excited. And my question to them was, hey, 21 days from tonight, as they were in the stadium Saturday, empty, 
it's going to be full, yes. and they're going to be right back out there. And and Keaton Slovis and Ben Bywater, you could you could their their enthusiasm just kind of oozed into their answers of, man, we can't wait. Kalani, Kalani was a little more business approach, but. He's seen this movie before, and he knows that these are 19 very important days. Indeed, that's a great summary of about uh, what we're about to show you, rather. Let's give you a taste of the coaches and some of the players following the scrimmage on Saturday now that we are under three weeks to BYU season opener against Sam Houston State, beginning with Coach Take, Dave. He spoke to the media about just the essence of the live scrimmage and how things went. Being able to have everybody go and, and be aggressive, we had uh, 105 live snaps today, which was really nice. And um, you know, and so we, we we wanted to see our guys stress a little bit, but we wanted to put our guys in different situations too. And so I thought we had a lot lot done in that time. All right, how much can you realistically accomplish in a scrimmage? Because I know that fans have their ideas of okay, well. Are they ready to play a game right now? No, but truth be told, BYU is not ready to play a game right now. But who across the country is ready to play a game right now? That's why they're doing these things. So they had the headsets on. They had referees. They had, we have a certain number of seconds to get the play in. There were guys coming and going, which had never really came and gone. The freshmen had never even been out the stadium for the most part. And so you, you had to work through all of the game management yeah. type stuff in addition to the hitting and the tackling and the catching and the running. So I think that that for the first one of the fall, that was valuable in the stadium. And we'll hear Keaton in a moment. He talked about it. It was just important to be in the stadium where we're going to play yeah. and get used to playing catch with the bleachers and this and that. And <laughs> The dynamics and, are different. Yeah. So I, and, and for Jay Hill, the defensive coordinator, there's a lot of pressure on him, obviously, because um, – you know, Keaton Slovis has a track record of 34 P5 starts, and people have a pretty good idea of that. Uh, Aiden Robbins has a pretty good track record of running. They have a good idea of that. The defense has has the track record of needing to get much better. So here comes Jay Hill. You're going to fix all that, right? And and right away. And so Jay was talking, uh, was asked about uh, how the defense and what they need to improve on uh, between now and September 2nd. The ability to just start fast is a critical part of college football. You don't have three or four drives to get settled in. And quite frankly, today, we needed to start faster. So all those things are great learning lessons for us. Uh, our guys will continue to get better at it. Coaches will get better at it. Um, but we have a lot to clean up. So to answer your question from a moment ago, that is the valuable stuff that you yes. get from a scrimmage is what's going on today at practice and tomorrow uh, okay, guys, we were out there, and we didn't do this very good, or well, you took too long to get in from the sideline, all those kind of things. Okay, so starting fast, maybe top priority for BYU football's defense after scrimmage number one. Again, it's just like there are a few more scrimmages to go, but it is good to get these things on paper, get them on film, uh, to be able to clean them up. Um, obviously you want to run as clean and as proper and as perfect a scrimmage as you possibly can, but it kind of feels like you have to go through this yeah. to, to truly be able to get ready for game number one. And the defense has, in large part, had the offense's number through much of fall camp. This is, again, coming from player reports. Said uh, I asked, who would you give the edge to overall through camp yeah. right now? And it's said, probably the defense. That's coming from a few offensive players. I won't name names, but a couple of offensive players. I don't want them to get put on blast. I said I'd probably lean towards the defense. But things changed a little bit in the scrimmage on Saturday, and that's where quarterback Keaton Slovis steps in. 
discussing the balance between the offense and the defense and that funny dynamic that exists between a team when you're all the same but on opposite sides. Listen to this. Um, you know, defense got stops when they wanted to, and we scored sometimes too. So I thought it was pretty balanced. Um, it's kind of awesome, like after practice, when they kind of defense comes up to you and say, man, it's hard to play against you guys. And same thing for us. You know, I'll go up to a guy, I have to make a play or, you know, groups of guys and telling them how, how tough it is to go against them in practice. I feel like we're getting each other better every day, and uh, it's kind of what you want. This feels like a political response, Dave, because Keaton's, he's a great, great young man. Uh, speaks well. He's never going to berate any side of the ball or any one of his teammates. But you're about to set up a, a bite from Ben Bywater where yeah. Ben is a defender and he kind of talks about how maybe there wasn't as much balance between the offense and defense. Yeah, let's listen to Ben and then, and then we'll tackle both uh, at the same time. Here's what Bywater had to say. I would honestly give it to the offense today. I think uh, the defense, we, we had some, some tough stretches down there. And so, and the offense was playing well. The offense played really, really well. I thought uh, Coach A-Rod's play calling was top tier today. They just looked really crisp. They looked great. So it was really, it's exciting for me. Obviously, being on the defensive side of the ball, you want to go be compete and, and win. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a win-win in this situation. It's hard in a scrimmage uh, to, to come out with a winner and a loser because everyone knows the place. Ben Bywater knows the place. He's been go defending against Slovis now for nine full practices. True. He just doesn't know what they're going to call, yeah. but he has seen much of and it. He knows the formation. Sure. If this happens here, it's like, uh, they've actually run that 500 times against us in practice. <laughs> so, uh, and so he gives, he gives the offense the upper hand. I think it goes back to Jay Hill saying that they, they didn't start terribly fast on defense. I, I, I get the feeling against Sam Houston, there's going to be like a nine guys blitzing on the first play <laughs> from, from the line of scrimmage. And, and the interesting thing about Keaton, and I, I, I thought his mannerisms were interesting coming out of that, um, and I'm going to interview him just before for game day, so the week of. So I'm going to interview him in a few weeks. Uh, as he's preparing to take the field yeah. for the first time since he took that field wearing a USC helmet. How and about just that? think of that journey that he's been on and, and, and the emotions. And that's one thing he, th he said to me uh, when I asked him Saturday was the, um, just being out on the field and throwing it around where that game's going to play. He goes, we want to play really well on this field. So just to be out here and see the bleachers and the depth perception and this and that for him, who's had, uh, you know, We've mentioned we play it over and over again, 34 P5 starts, which means you've been in big stadiums in big games, yeah. tossing the ball around, and now he's getting accustomed to BYU and, and doing that. So Saturday was huge for him. And for Bywater, the big thing for Bywater is he's healthy, and he could run around and start hitting people. And he, he missed all spring with his shoulder and wasn't quite the same last season. Even though he had that pick for a, to yeah. win the New Mexico ball, he was still banged up. And a healthy Ben Bywater means everything for Jay Hill's defense. It's interesting to talk with the coaches, and I asked the question to the same question to a few, which is, would you say at this point you are ahead of schedule of where you want to be as a team, you're right on schedule, or you're behind schedule? And I thought the response was, was very, very apt and, and really, really uh, intriguing. Uh, this coach said to me, well, it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. If you're talking to a member of the national media, then we're way ahead of schedule because they think we're going to win four or five games. Right. So I feel like in that paradigm, we're way ahead of schedule. If you talk to somebody in the local media that covers us a little closer, we're probably on track. Okay. And then he said, 
but if you talk to the coaches, we're all feeling the urgency. And he's like, I, it's not panic mode, but like, we know what's going to happen. So he's like, I don't know that there's a coach in there that would be like, yeah, we're ahead of schedule or we're right where we want to be. We're all kind of feeling like, oh man, we, we got to get right. We got to get right. So he's like, I would lean towards maybe if you ask a coach, we're a little behind schedule. And he's like, just because of the urgency that we feel going into a schedule that we've never faced before with right. 10 power fives. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Well, Keaton you know? said, Keaton said uh, in some of his other comments, um, we got a long ways to go, but I really like where we're at. Sure. Which is, which covers both, you know, I, my receivers and, and line, we, we know we've got to be so much better. However, 19 days out, we feel pretty good. Got 19 days before game number one. And let's go back to Coach Satake, who spoke about finalizing the depth chart and getting everything in place on said depth chart before the Cougars take on Sam Houston State. I don't know if there's a lot of uh, change up in, in the ones, twos, and threes, but um, it's, it's more that there's, a, there's still some battles to be made because we do so many different um, sub, subgroups on offense, defense, and special teams that uh, you want guys to battle it out. So we, we had a great battle today with, with the position groups. Uh, I, I think we'll start to narrow it down as we start getting closer. I imagine a week from now we'll be, we'll be close to being set, and it will definitely be set a week, a week away from the game. All right, Dave. After hearing from the coaches, some of the players, you've seen the highlights, the footage. You've had an opportunity to go to practice, talk to players, and, and see some things uh, a little bit behind the scenes. So at the midway point of camp, essentially, and after seeing what we saw of the scrimmage and hearing what we heard about it, what rash assumption are you ready to make about BYU football right now? I think they'll be better than the national folks think they will be. Okay. There's a vibe that's good. Uh, you know, knock on our plexiglass here. They've been healthy through mm -hmm. the first half of camp. Um, that's key. They built their depth in the offseason. That's been well documented on this program. Is it enough? We'll find out. Is it enough for Sam Houston, to, for BYU to take the field and act like they're a top 25 team? Absolutely. And, uh, and it's going to be exciting to see. But I, but I think, I, and I don't know what that means. Does that mean six wins? Does that mean seven wins? Does it mean eight wins? Certainly means more than four, yeah. Vegas. Or, and, and so I think that, there, that going back to what you said a moment ago, that depending on who you're asking, but from the national side, I would say BYU is going to be better than expected. Um, and I think on the local scene, they could be surprised too. Okay. Okay. What so do you think? Kalani told me, he said, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. And I think he's looking at largely the national media and maybe the Big 12 opposing media and fan bases and looking at the five and a half games or five games that BYU has been projected to win. Like they clearly feel like they are better than a five win team and an 11th place team in year one of the Big 12. But that's part of the fun that goes into this equation is they will relish the low expectations and then have fun attempting to beat those established yeah. expectations. And they, they got a track history of doing that. Um, as far as rash assumptions go, I, yes, to someone in the national media, you said, hey, I think BYU is going to win two more games than they're projected to right now. They'll be like, whoa, what? Are you kidding me? They're going to face 10 Power 5 teams. Right. Then in a row, they got to play at Arkansas. Then they got to play at Kansas to open up Big 12 play. Like, what are you talking You're crazy. 
and you got a brand new defensive coordinator. You lost your NFL quarterback. You lost your best receiver. You lost your best offensive lineman. Like, there's just what what is BYU? How can you possibly say it? that's what they are thinking? And while I understand it, we're tied into the situation. But I agree with Kalani. I think BYU is going to surprise some teams. As far as a rash assumption, I feel like BYU's defense will be markedly better. Yeah. We're talking about one of the bottom 30 defenses in the country a season ago in most major statistical categories. And we don't have time to go into all the particulars of that, but in terms of just like overall total defense, scoring defense, bottom 30 defense, Dave, not great. I feel like BYU will be middle of the pack. That's a huge jump. It's huge. That's that's three wins. Yes. And my, I was going to say two. It's probably – it makes you – it wins you at least two more games. Right. Like if you have a mid middle of the pack defense on last year's team – with last year's schedule, BYU's 10-3 and three instead of 8-5. and five. At least. Okay? Yeah. So that that's my rash assumption. I feel like BYU's defense will be 40 spots better in any national parameter you want to look at this year. I'm ready to make that assumption right. after two weeks Good of night. camp and hear from Jay Hill. And you know Cougar Nation has got their own rash assumptions. <laughs> yes, we want to hear do. some today. Our question of the day. At the midway point of training camp, what rash assumption are you ready to make about BYU football this season. Dave thinks that the Cougars are probably a couple bit wins better than the national media. I say the defense is going to be at least 40 spots better in the national ratings. Roberts underscore MN on X says nine wins. He's going to nine. Including Arkansas and the bowl game. Okay, so nine and four. Slovis throws for 3,700 plus yards. 3,750, he says exactly. Aiden Robbins rushes for 1,250. Defense finishes top 50. Positive turnover margin. Kalani gets votes for Big 12 Coach of the Year. <laughs> Roberts, we need you to join our pregame show. <laughs> you're, you're right on board. Uh, we've gone past rash assumptions. <laughs> it was blue goggles. came in hot with some yes. rash assumptions. But you know what? There's nothing on that list of his to-dos that are uh, not doable. It. it I mean, could I mean, Keaton Slovis throw for 3,700 yards? He could. Sure. You give him a bull. Let's. Could he average 280-ish yards passing per game in 13 games? That would give him roughly 3,700 yards. He could do that. Yeah. And he if, could do that. If Robbins is running for over 1,000, play action is going to be there all season long for Slovis <sighs> and Rex and all the other receivers. Yeah. That's, that's uh, Isaac Rex is an entirely different subject. You want to make a rash assumption, he's going to lead BYU in receiving touchdowns this year. I, like I'll, I don't I'll say doubt that. that at all. Tyson Peterson on Facebook says BYU will be a top four Big 12 team. Okay. Top four. I think most people take top half. Yeah. By people, I mean BYU fans. Mm -hmm. Hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation moving forward. We gotta, we're off to a great start. Oh, this is an awesome show. After further review is back tomorrow night on the BYU TV app. We'll start to meet some of the guys, break down the players who can make a huge impact for the Cougars this season. Guys like Hinkley Rapati and John Nelson and much more. Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and myself. Join us for AFR tomorrow night, 7 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. Up next, my one-on-one -on -one interview with BYU defensive ends and special teams coach Kelly Papinga. He assesses where his defensive linemen are and why they're going to be so much better. This is BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Beastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Nelson throws it right into the arms of the, the defender on that one, Kelly Papinga.
I think we're bigger and more talented on both sides, honestly. We're deeper than we've ever been. I just think we're bigger and we're strong. It feels uh, like I never left. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Dave McCann. We've discussed rash assumptions. We heard from Kalani Satake. We heard from Jay Hill, Ben Bywater, Keaton Slovis. We're all feeling good. You know what we should do? We should listen to Kelly Papinga as well. Yeah. That guy's fired up. One of the old guys, but in a way, he's a new guy now because he comes back from Boise State after a tour of Virginia and a few other stops, Dave. Kelly Papinga is back at BYU to coach the defensive ends, and he is the special teams coordinator. I spoke with him recently at BYU Photo Day to get an inside track on what the defensive line and the edge rushers specifically look like after BYU really just couldn't create much chaos. Here's my one-on-one interview with Kelly Papinga. Kelly, we are a little more than a week into fall camp, and I know it's tough to assess like how much a team has improved in those eight or nine days or whatever it is to this point, but where have you seen this team take a step in the direction that you want them to go thus far? Yeah, I think just the little things that Coach Hill's always talked about, I think our, our techniques and fundamentals are better than what they were in the spring, our efforts better. Um, I just think you know we're more disciplined, even though we have room on all these to still continue to grow. Um, Efforts getting better, uh, the physicality of the team. You know, I think the offense has always uh, had that, uh, you know, that physicality, be able to run the ball, um, and the defense has in the past too as well. I'm just comparing it to the spring now, where I think we've taken steps forward to being able to be, just you know, in general, a more violent, physical, disciplined football team. You're specifically coaching the edge on the defensive line. Not that you don't know linebackers well. You played it at a high level at BYU, but you've been assigned by Jay Hill to coach the edge rushers. So. What would you explain, or how would you explain that group of players this year, maybe that sets them apart? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from guys that I've coached in the past, um, I think they're very, it's an explosive group. I think there's guys that, uh, you know, are very skilled in pass rush. I think, like I said before, what we need to continue to get better is run defense, but very skilled in pass rush, very explosive guys. That are versatile guys, too. They can do a lot of different things. Um, and so, you know, with Isaiah Bagna and the athlete that he is and the Daly brothers and, and then Ice Moa, like I think there's our open-end position has those there's those characteristics of a versatile, explosive athlete. And then you add the, the Bulls, which is our big end, Tyler Baddies, the Blake Mangelsons, like those guys, bigger, more physical guys. But still, I think, you know, Baddies just as athletic as – um, those open end guys. So he's he's one of those interchangeable guys that I think can do both of them. But I'm just excited about the versatility that we have in the room. And you know, there's experience with you know with Isaiah and with Tyler. They've played a lot of football. Um, so I'm excited to see how those guys continue to develop. But then a, a great group of young talent that's developing and that competing at a high level right now. Let's talk some more about Tyler Batty. You mentioned the veteran. He's obviously put on some weight. He's a big bull rusher, um, but he's explosive around the edge as well. Where do you, where have you seen him make the most strides as he pushes towards the latter part of his BYU career? Like I just, you know, from what I've seen from fall camp back to spring ball is just the, the opportunity for him to be able to win a one-on-one and pass rush. Um, he's very good at that, uh, works his butt off and is just really working at a high level to continue to work the run techniques, which I think he's one of our stouter guys. Him and Blake have been the most physical guys in the room. Um, and so there might be times where those two guys are on the field at the same time when we want a more bigger, stouter edge. Um, but not, not to say that those other guys gotta, can't do it, but those guys have been the guys that have shown the more physicality, um, you know, play after play after play. You and Jay Hill have not shied away from 
the lackluster statistics created by the defensive front seven from BYU last year. And it was scheme, a lot of it, but you've said we want to create more chaos, more disruption. It's not just about sacks, it's about turnovers and disruptive plays. So how have you seen that evolve with Jay Hill now in control of the, de the defensive side? You know, it's just the style that he's going to call it and completely different from the style that was here before. And that worked for a long time. They played really good defense for three or four years. And then, you know, last year was what it was. And now we're in this situation we are. And, you know, Coach Hill is going to he's going to be aggressive. But the great thing about the defense is you uh, there's times where we're going to be dropping eight too as well. So there could be times where the BYU fans are like, what the heck? This is last year. But it's just they all complement each other. Right. So that's the beauty of just being able to bring different tempos from, you know, dropping, dropping eight to dropping seven to dropping six. You know, there's there's all these different tempos that we can bring and all these different patterns of blitzes that we can bring against different styles of offenses that we bring. So, you know, ultimately it just comes down to bringing different tempos and keeping offenses on their toes and not just being able to just, hey, we're always playing a three down or we're always playing a four down and teams can just start teeing off on you. Now you bring different tempos, different patterns, and then that now just makes the offense play more hesitant and slows them down. And then it helps us, you know, be able to create those havoc plays that you're talking about. Oh, great insight. We'll finish with this. How much advice does your brother Brady offer you, whether asked for or not asked for? Well, let's say he gives me advice. <laughs> now, not often asked for, but it's okay. He's, he, Brady loves BYU football, and uh, he wants uh, us to be successful here. He wants me to be successful, obviously, as, as his brother. Um, but, yeah, he, he likes to talk football, and he'll give his opinion. So, you know, sometimes I'm listening, I'm like, oh, yeah, you got a good point there. And the other times I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's okay. That's, you know, that's the conversations we have. And, you know, he's a passionate guy. So sometimes he'll post something on social media or whatever, and everybody's like, man, this guy's crazy. And be like, hey, he just loves football, man. And so you just sometimes got to listen. And then sometimes you got to go one in, in one ear and out the other, you know. But And he knows that. He's, he's a good dude. And uh, it's good to, you know, just – be around guys that love football like he does and love BYU and wants to see this place be successful. It's brothers talking football. We can appreciate that, and we appreciate uh, your unique perspective on the defensive line as well. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Kelly Papinga, again, also the special teams coach, but we'll focus on the defensive line for now. And Dave, part of my rash assumption and why I think BYU's defense is going to be so much better under Jay Hill and Kelly Papinga and Sione Puhan. Obviously, Gennaro Guilford remains, and Justin Enna comes in. Yeah, there's a lot of new life, new energy, new blood from, from the coaches, but these two right here, Isaiah Banya, transfer from Boise State, and Tyler Batty, who was healthy and has been given the green light like he has never been given before to just attack, right, to just be more aggressive, and it's shed one block and go rather than be a block eater if you're Tyler Batty. Like this, th these two guys right here are a huge part of why I feel like the defense is going to be much better and create more chaos because BYU, BYU was just abysmal last year. They did one of the worst teams in the country in sacks and chaos plays. It just you wonder like they're a little bit better. You win ten games instead of eight. Yeah, for sure. And I've talked to Batty and the Daly brothers, who are, are young guys coming up through the process on the defensive, uh, and they love Papinga's energy and aggressiveness and they they freely say before you even ask them i love jay hill's style of attack the bend but don't break concept is over at byu it is now attack 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 punch instead of just wait to get punched and just see if it so long as it doesn't knock you out just take punches this is this is the opposite of of what we've seen in recent years 
and credit Jay Hill, credit Papinga, and all the names you just mentioned. Credit mostly Kalani Sataki because he knew this area had to be changed yeah, to be competitive yeah. in the land that they're going to. And that's been done, and that's part of the reason, I think, that, that folks are so optimistic over there. Yeah, I, I, and again, Tyler Batty, Isaiah Banya, joined by Blake Mangelson, Ice Moa, and the Daly Brothers, among others. They're going to be asked to do more, but have the green light to play they want to play. Yeah. It, Again, this is not this is not like an attack on the previous it's just different. defensive regime. It's it's not. I mean, Elisa Tuiaki is a brilliant football mind, and frankly, for a long time, the scheme worked. It caught up to BYU last year when some other opponents figured it out. But I mean, it was really good for a long time. Now it's just time for something new. The reset has been pushed, and I know that Tyler and Isaiah are just really excited to play the way that they want to play on the edge with Jay Hill giving them the green light. It's like getting out of a decent car and getting into another decent car, and you're like, man, I like this engine. Yeah, you know? yes. It drives a little differently. It just, it's a little Maybe bit different. Maybe it'll go a little faster. Uh, we'll see coming up. Women's soccer, it all starts this week. The regular season opener Thursday night. Number 13, BYU hosting St. Louis at Southfield. First official sporting event as a member of the Big 12 in school history. Let's go. Television coverage starts at 9 Eastern on ESPN+. Still to come, what have we learned about BYU women's soccer after their two impressive exhibition wins? One on the road against a good Rutgers squad and then domination inside Idaho State. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Dave. Let's roll out today's headlines. BYU football training camp continues this week. They held a closed practice scrimmage uh, at the stadium on Saturday, and head coach Kalani Sataki pretty happy with what he saw. Just really happy with the team so far. Uh, I, I'm more pleased with uh, their efforts and leadership, but but also the coaches and the demand. I mean, JJ demands quite a bit from the from the defense, and A Rod uh, seems to be um, doing what he always does. And and uh, Keaton looks really comfortable in the uh, in the offense. I would have to say a lot of the other the other quarterbacks look the same. So I thought uh, all together, I thought the team looked pretty pretty good for uh, three weeks out before the game. Linebacker Ben Bywater today was named to the Benrick Award watch list. That award goes to the best defensive player in college football. Okay, Ben, let's go. Led BYU two seasons in a row in overall tackles. Yeah. Busy weekend for Cougars in the NFL preseason. Led off most notably by Zach Wilson. 14 of 20 for 123 yards and a touchdown. Led three scoring drives, played the entire first half and a shutout win over the Carolina Panthers. Every single Jets beat reporter and insider is now clearly all in, Dave, on Zach's career being saved by Aaron Rodgers. Let's come back. And you know what? I'm buying it too. Credit to Zach and his mentor, the future Hall of Famer Rodgers, for helping Zach make impressive strides already. He looks like an entirely different player. Yeah, and the line blocks for him better than they did in the Hall yeah. of Fame game. Puka Nakua still doing his thing. Three catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown 
In his preseason action, Jamal Williams had nine carries for 28 yards. For the Saints, Tyson Williams, 51 yards on 10 rushes for the Arizona Cardinals. Keep your eye on Tyson. Other Cougars playing over the weekend. Chris Brooks picked up 24 yards on five attempts for the Dolphins. Dax Milne had a catch for the Commanders. He's making news today too, Dave. Yes, he is. <laughs> I'll tell you, Dax is tough. He didn't make that team again this year. Yep. Zane Anderson with the Bills. Five tackles in his debut. D'Angelo Mandel, four tackles for the Cowboys. Caleb Hayes, three tackles and a pass breakup for the Jaguars. 21, I believe it's 21 BYU players in the NFL. All ready for another season of preseason action yeah. here starting Thursday. And that's not including Kyle Van Noy, Daniel Sorensen, and Harvey Longy. Like, those three guys are all still free agents. Just waiting for the call. 13th-ranked BYU women's soccer dominates Idaho State 7-0 in an exhibition. Brecken Mazingo with the brace, two goals, and an assist. Ali Fryer also had a brace with two goals. Kendall Peterson, Bella Felino, and Aaron Bailey all scored as well. The Bengals got off one shot the entire 90 minutes. It's hard to win if you don't shoot. <laughs> Amen to that. BYU men's basketball held a scrimmage on Friday afternoon as they get ready for their trip to Croatia and over to Italy. Here's Coach Pope. The capital we put in the bank in terms of us being together is super important because we know what we're up against. We know what we're going to face. We can't wait to get there into this season and everything it brings. And so. Uh, we're day seven of two a days right now. We got three more next week, and, and um, the guys are going together right now, and we'll, we'll make huge strides on this trip, and that's going to be our special sauce. It's just, you know, a lot of what we've become this season will be determined on how close we can become as a group right now. And these guys are, are making great strides doing it. To ask Coach Pope some questions and see him again. Amber Whiting and the Cougars the women's basketball program, they leave today for their trip over to Italy. There's a lot of BYU blue heading overseas. Indeed. Volleyball as well, soccer. Everyone had a great trip this summer. Dave, when do we get our BYU broadcasting trip to Italy? Enough for another day. <laughs> Let's go to the Orange Bowl. How about <laughs> something like that? <laughs> Some notes from Cougars in minor league baseball. Michael Rucker pitching for the AAA Iowa Cubs. Had five strikeouts over three innings on Friday. Got to get him back to Wrigley. Yeah, he's bounced back and forth between the big leagues and AAA. Daniel Stevens still in AAA with the Columbus Clippers. Extended his hit streak to eight games yesterday with a two-run double. boy, Daniel. BYU Swim and Dive announcing their 2023-24 schedule this morning. Starts with a matchup against rival Utah on September 23rd. The full schedule is available for you at BYUcougars.com. Those are today's headlines. Now let's opinionate in the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, as mentioned in the headlines, women's soccer had two exhibition victories. They won at Rutgers last week, and then they pounded Idaho State at home. What did those two wins tell you about the kind of team we're going to see on Thursday? Not much compared to what I already have been expecting from this team, Dave. Yeah. Although the moxie to go on and the road and win at Rutgers, that, that's nice. That, when you win early season tough road matches, even if it is an exhibition, there's, there's maybe a, that little extra special sauce, and this, this team's already going to be really, really good, Dave. They're picked to win the Big 12. Beating Rutgers just kind of solidified in my mind that, yep, they, I think they are the best team in the Big 12 right now, but I already kind of felt that way. To play good in Thursday in New York and good against Saturday back in Provo, yeah. Utah, tells me they're in great shape and ready to go. All right, Dave, other than Puka Nakua in the NFL, which other former Cougar in the league 
is poised to have a breakout season, rookie or not. If you look at situations, and Tyson Williams is in a great situation okay. in Arizona, over 50 yards the other day, running hard. There's just uh, one guy ahead of him as a starter, so they need somebody to go yeah. right behind uh, uh, Connor, and I think he's got a shot, and he had a great debut the other night. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go with my guy Dax Milne and the Washington Commanders. Okay. He's relied on to be a punt returner. He's got some incredible hands, and they give him a lot of trust. And frankly, I feel like with Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator coming over from the Chiefs, there are going to be more opportunities for Dax to get a little bit more on the field done. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So at hoops practice on Friday, Dallin Hall hit the game winner from half court yeah, at okay. the buzzer right in front of me and Blaine. It's what he does. We saw it. It had the line, and then he buried it, and the place went went nuts. Uh, is that more impressive? Here it is. There, and there he is. Uh, he hit some game winners last season. How about this one right here? This one is visually incredible, <laughs> but it doesn't count for anything, unfortunately. No, but like, look how much it meant to stick it to the guys <laughs> in the white jerseys. It meant everything right there. <laughs> Jackson Robinson, like, with the smile on his face on the other team. I like that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's the toughest shot for sure that he's hit in these game winners centers, but he didn't win an actual game, so I'm still going to give the edge to him as a freshman. Let's do that. As a freshman winning actual games at the buzzer. Make that shot at Kansas. <sighs> okay. You're a legend forever. Now, now we're talking. The AP Top 25 poll has been released for Division I college football. No surprise, Georgia, the overwhelming number one, Dave, from the Big 12. Texas at number 11, Kansas State number 16, TCU number 17, <coughs> Oklahoma number 20, excuse me, no Texas Tech, obviously no BYU. What is your first reaction to the preseason AP poll? I'd have picked Texas Tech over Oklahoma. Yes. And I picked Kansas State to win the league, so I'd have had them up a little higher. Okay. Of course, all the hypes on Texas with Steve Sarkeesian's guys, I thought that actually be a little higher. Uh, but you know what, now with it's out, we can start finagling with it, and two weeks from Saturday, there'll be games. Listen, Dave, I just see three ranked opponents on BYU's yeah, schedule right, right now, there. all in conference. Just I'm three right Arkansas's there. not on that list. Right there. Uh, and Arkansas very well could be in the top 25, depending on yeah. how good they look in the first two weeks before BYU visits them in Fayetteville. Let's go. All right. I, I, <laughs> let's go. That's, that's, <laughs> let's that's my go. reaction to this. <laughs> I see the poll. Let's go. Let's play games 19 days away. Coming up, our interviews from BYU men's basketball returners Dallin Hall and Fusini Traore as they gear up to play in the best basketball conference in America. Why do they feel up to the task? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. A man amongst men three times. BYU comes back with an answer. Dallas Hall! Oh a hat trick of three-pointers, and that's the way! Welcome back to BYU Sports Station, live from Studio B. Now it's the basketball segment. Yeah. Let's just call it the, bas the, the basketball official segment. basketball segment. Let's do it. Coming off that scrimmage, Dave. This Italy trip is so important yeah. for this basketball team. I got 10 days and a handful of games to kind of come together as a, as a reworked squad uh, before their biggest challenge in the history of the program in the Big 12. I had a chance to visit with Dallin Hall right after the scrimmage on Friday. August basketball, there's, there's something special about it. This is early for you as you get ready for the trip. Uh, how's the team? The team's good. We're meshing. We're uh, having fun together. We're getting better every day. And 
I think we're starting to see the results pay off. Um, we're excited to play some games together. How different of a ball player are you from year one to now starting year two? What do you think? Um, I'm, I've definitely grown a lot. I tried to keep those things that made me who I am and then add on to those skills. And so I've seen a lot of personal growth this year. And the guys have asked me to be a little bit more of a leader and to be assertive. And so I'm trying to fulfill that role. And um, yeah, a lot of personal growth because of the guys behind me and the coaching staff. Does the game slow down a little bit, kind of like a, a quarterback who has experience, a point guard who now has a, a second year coming? Yeah, for sure. The more film I watch, the more reps I get. Um, as I've got my legs back from the mission, like everything has started to slow down a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a process like quarterback, like you're saying, it's with time. Your coach was talking a moment ago about how important this trip is to Europe as far as bonding this team and the togetherness will be the key coming for the Big 12. So how important is that for the point guard? <laughs> That's super huge. Um, I feel, you know, kind of an obligation to be there for the guys to bring us together. Me and Trey Stewart, he's been a huge leader, huge voice for this team. We've been trying to talk about how we can make sure we have a lot of fun and really make the most of this time to come together as a team. When the schedule matrix came out and you saw who was coming and where you're going in this Big 12, and everyone knows how challenging the Big 12 is, but but how eager is this team to go measure up? We're super pumped, you know. Uh, we don't pay too much attention to what other people are saying, but obviously some of it reaches us, and we don't care um, where people place us. We know what we're capable of. We've been working hard, and we're excited to go out there and prove everyone wrong. Cougar Nation and the Marriott Center, uh, how important is it for that place to help you win games? It's huge. That was probably my favorite thing. At, of coming to BYU is having that fan base, having that crowd. Uh, we need them to show out every game for us because, you know, a lot of those teams, they've played in big environments, but this is one of the best in the country, and so we need that advantage every night. This trip coming up, what are you looking forward to seeing the most? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Maybe Lake Como. Shout out to my Star Wars fans. <laughs> There's a scene in Star Wars from that. That's what you want to see. Yes, sir. Crescent Merchosic, his legacy is going to be front and center for this team. Um, and your folks know of Crescent Merchosic. Uh, this generation of ballplayers may not, but this trip will, will fill in the gaps. Yeah, no, we actually had a history lesson a little bit, learned a little bit more about him, just basketball in general in that area, in that region, and what he did for the game. And so... Obviously, that's been passed down to us. We're super appreciative for those guys who've made the game of basketball a better place. And he also did a lot for the country and for that area. So we're excited to see some of the impact that he had on that region. Have a great trip. And when you get back, it's Big 12 full time, right? Full time, baby. We're excited. It is Dallin Hall's show to run as the point guard, especially with the transfer out of Quez Glover. Hey, hey, you're not just saying he's going to probably play 36 minutes a game. As important as it is for Keaton Slovis yeah. to stay healthy, Dallin Hall. Just as important for Dallin Hall. Absolutely. I'm guessing that Fusini Traore will probably play about 36 minutes a game as well, if not more. He's been BYU center the past two seasons, but now he moves into the Big 12 with some help from Ali Khalifa as well, and he's got to adjust to that, having another big man in the mix. Here's Blaine Fowler with Fusini Traore. Fusit, a little different this season. You're not one of the young guys anymore, and you've had to take a leadership role. What's this offseason been like with – the new players and the young guys looking to you for leadership, has it felt different in any way? Oh yeah, for sure it feels super different, you know. It's actually weird if I think about it, I'm already a junior, you know. But I'm super excited, you know, like I feel like we've been growing a lot, you know. 
and I feel like the team is even more together now, you know, like we're super close. And whenever, like you guys see today, like scrimmage, you know, like we play like we don't even know each other. I feel like that's, a, that's big time, you know, and I feel like we're going to be able to do that when we play against different teams. In, in this offseason, you're preparing for a brand new league, for the Big 12. Have you felt that? And what's it been like knowing you're going into a new league, the best league in college basketball in America? Yeah, for sure, we've been feeling like even like the coaches, you know, they're always going hard on us. You know, you say like this, this a new league is not compared to any other league we ever play. You know, he said we always have to do the right thing. Like, it's just like next, like just move on to the next, you know, and we always have to be stay focused, you know, and I feel like that's going to help us a lot. What have you focused on as a team? Uh, is there an area that you felt like, wow, we've got to get better in this area if we're going to compete in this new league? Um, and, and have you made progress in a specific area that you think will help this for this next season? Oh, yes, for sure. Because last year, we couldn't take care of a boy. You know, like there was a lot of turnovers. But this year, our number one focus is to get, take care of a boy, you know, like no turnovers, make sure and guard your yard, you know. That's for sure. And especially rebounding, you know. That's our main four focus, like always, you know, for sure. Number one is protect the ball. In, in your game individually, uh, what have you focused on in the offseason and tried to improve the most on in your game? Well, I'm working on shooting. That's for sure number one. And the second one, just protect the ball, you know. Because last year there was a lot of double team, a lot of turnovers, you know. Just make a simple play. That's what I've been focused on, you know. Make a simple play. So people are watching this 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 uh, as we get into the season. What what are they going to notice? Are they going to say, "Hey, this is different about Foose," or "This is different about Foose"? What are they going to notice the most in your game? Well, they're going to say, "Well, maybe like I'm playing a little bit different. Like, no, just take always all tough shot. You know, like if there is double team, just make a simple play. You know, and I believe so. My team going to make all the shot if they're wide open. So I'm excited about that. You know. There's, there's some newcomers to the team via transfer portal. You have some guys that registered this last year. Um, Baker and Khalifa in particular come. What, what do those two bring uh, to this team with chemistry and skill set that will help you as you go into the Big 12? Oh, for sure, I'm super excited for both of them, especially Ali. Ali, you know, I actually played against him seven years ago, you know, in the African Championships, you know. But we, we, like, like we won that, you know, but I'm super excited for him. He's just like super different, you know. He can pass, he can shoot, he can do anything, you know. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. So so let's talk about Ali a little bit. He he's six yeah. eleven. Um, he can handle the ball a little bit. He's a good passer. He can be out on the perimeter. Having him on the floor with you, what does that do for your game? Does that open up things for you? Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. That's what I'm super happy about. You know, I feel like I will be able to be a little bit to to feel a little bit freedom, you know. And I feel like that's going to help me a lot, too, especially on my game, too, you know. So this team now getting prepared in this next week to head over to Europe uh, uh, to play. Mm -hmm. What are you hoping to accomplish as you head out as a team on this uh, this trip? Well, I'm excited so because we're all going to be together for like 10 days, you know. But for sure, the number one goal is always to go win all the four games, you know. That's the number one goal. If we can win that, we're going to have a lot of fun, you know. So win and have fun is is a good thing. Is there a particular thing that you guys are, are going to work on when you're when you're out on the road um, that, that you're trying to perfect to get ready for this next season? Oh well, we really haven't. I we just try and like to see where we are, you know, and just compete and win all the four games, like I said, you know. I appreciate it. Have fun out there and uh, and stay safe. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have fun and win. That's a great combination. Yeah. Have fun and win. Yeah. Win and have fun. They, they're <laughs> interchangeable. <laughs>
Don't they go hand in hand? We're sure <laughs> that winning is fun and fun is winning. All right, uh, up next, a rising shout out to an up and coming star in Los Angeles. Details on the way on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Our BYU Sports Station question of the day is this. At the midway point of training camp, what rash assumptions are you ready to make about BYU football for the 2023 season? Dave, what do you got from Gerald Nichols? He says that BYU's defense will drastically improve with all the interviews and the things you hear from fall camp about the defense. Add in all the transfers and the new amazing defensive staff, I realize I need to pump the brakes on my <laughs> expectations on how the defense will pan out, but I do think it'll improve overall. Okay. Yeah, that's a very well-thought-out response. Very well-thought-out response. Okay. Uh, our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. This one's a little more blue goggle-ish. From at LPW says, Blue goggle alert. Rash assumption, Keaton Slovis will have a higher season completion percentage than Jaron or Zach had during their times at BYU. Now, is that careers at BYU or just like their best season overall? Either way, Dave, that is rash, and that is asking for a lot. Essentially, it's asking for high 60s, pushing 70% completion percentage. Might be a little ear rash. Um, <laughs> but hey, if he's if that's right, we got an awesome <laughs> oh, season coming. It's going to be an unbelievable year. It's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. Today's <laughs> rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Puka Nakua. Yes. All he does, if he needs three yards for a first down, he gets you four. If he's at the goal line, he's crossing the goal Big line. Big play, gets Puka. His first touchdown. Big play, Puka. Doing Puka Nakua things. Our thanks to today's guest, Kelly Papinga from BYU Football and Dallin Hall and Fusini Traore of BYU Men's Basketball. Our conversation continues as it always does 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all our shows are on demand at BYUSN.com. For the fabulous Dave McCann, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Ricky Bauer. We'll see you tomorrow back here in Studio B. Go Cougs.